Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. I need to do it again. Yeah, yeah. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. We have a stench controversy. Apparently, the U.S. Tennis Open smells like crap. Uh, Stone, what happened here? So there was a player reporting that one of the courts is unplayable, so the sixth seed just went out. I don't need to name names. You're not going to remember them, but they are uh, WTA. So the, they're female tennis players. That okay. Are, that the are sixth com- seed in the tournament got bounced from the tournament. To an unseeded player that nobody knows. Okay. And she was complaining the entire match that it smells so bad, and it, don't know where it's coming from. I think it's the park outside. But she said it smells so bad that she couldn't play. And there are other people, I think there are four or five more people who are scheduled to play on court 17, but... Court 17 appears to be the epicenter of this stench crisis at the U.S. Open. I mean, uh, that seems kind of lame, but New York smelling bad? I've never. This is true. I mean, come on. If you're going to play in New York City, you're going to play at the U.S. Open, I mean, expect it occasionally. Uh, decayed body smell or poop is going to be there. Like imagine playing for hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's the first round. You finally made it to Grand Slam. Here we are. Oh, God, it's too stinky out. And you got pizza and garbage and rats and everything. But if you can't handle through. that, you don't deserve to advance. I was about to say, that's my thing. That's a little weak. You've got to be on that grind. That's a little weak. Unless it's like mustard gas and your eyes are tearing yeah. up or tear gas. Suck it up. That's a weak excuse. Tennis is very mental, though. Like, it's, it's 90% mental. Yeah, guess who it was also mental for? The unseated girl across the net. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not like she's the only one smelling this stuff. Look, did the other girl have COVID? All right. All right, come on, man. And 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 speaking of uh, being mental, you know what takes a lot of, of strong mental acuity? Mm. Sanitation workers. Okay? Hell yeah. So and deal with it. You can handle a tennis match with sewage. Okay? Plain and simple. Plain and simple. Suck it up. Easy Farewell. Time to, it, what, what country was she from? She was from 60? Greece. Well, time to head back to Athens. That's right. Yeah. Hopefully it smells better there. What would you have said if you said, like, Peru? Head back to Lima. Huh. Uh, well, what about Tun- uh, Tunisia? <laughs> uh, good, nothing. <laughs> nice. Nice. Nothing. Very high seated player from Tunisia. I, I sometimes say Tun- Tun- Tunisia. And I get laughed at, but so I've it's corrected Tunisia. it. It's Tunisia. Well, such sensitivity to bad smells or the opponent who apparently couldn't smell at all, either one could require a visit to Dr. Neil Goldhaber, goldhabersinus.com. He handles all sorts of nose issues. He handles all your ear problems and your throat concerns. And, oh, yeah, he has figured out how to help snoring as well and help you sleep better at night. He does a little bit of everything. He's the ENT extraordinaire, Dr. Neil Goldhaber. Goldhabersinus.com. Goldhabersinus.com. He's Dr. Neil Goldhaber. Go ahead and get your consultation lined up. He just makes your life better. He improves your lifestyle. He has been doing it for decades. Again, based out of Boynton Beach, he is the man. He is our good friend. And if you have an ear problem, nose issue, throat concern, a snoring problem, you got to go with someone you trust, someone who's been there, done that, not some newbie. Nope. The man with the experience, the man with the plans, that's Dr. Neil Goldhaber. Goldhabersinus.com. Goldhabersinus.com. That's Goldhabersinus.com, Dr. Neil Goldhaber. Before we get to a dog bleep Monday, I'm curious. 
Bob Barker, Price is Right. He passed away at the age of 99. Truly, I have lost a piece of my childhood uh, with Bob Barker dying. And so... I just, it always was a comfort. You're homesick, you're stuffy, you don't feel good, you have a fever, you have the flu, whatever. Your parents are off to work. You got to entertain yourself in between afternoon naps. And the 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 first go-to show before the terrible soap operas came on, it was Bob Barker. It was Price is Right. He was a staple for so many of us. So many of us. Uh, I'm 39 years old. I was an 80s baby, but very much a 90s kid. So I would always be Price is Right, Ricky Lake, Small Wonder, Jerry Springer, Total Request Live, TRL, little Carson Daly from Times Square. That was my go-to when I was homesick. Now, for you, Stone, you're 24 years of age. What's your stay-home-from-school TV viewing like as a, uh, as a, a really a 2000s baby? Yeah, I, I mean, none of mine are, are cool. They're, I think, more along the lines of embarrassing for me. When I would stay home sick from school, it was Pokemon, it was Sports Center, it was iCarly, it was all the Disney Channel stuff. So I don't think I'm necessarily the one Interesting. to ask you. So that, you didn't even go Bob Barker. I didn't go the Bob Barker route. I wasn't big on the game shows. It was more God, so Sports man. Center or like Pokemon or something Disney Channel, Nickelodeon. Did, did the game show generation end with me? Yes. With the millennials? I think so. As I this finished is the ridiculous, yeah. man. Because I, I was going. I don't know many other kids either that was watching. The Price is Right or Family Feud or any of these game shows and oh stuff. Oh, my God. Because also, another thing that would get in the way of that is, I mean, we were in the era of some really good video games. Like, so another thing you're doing if you're a kid staying at home in oh, the yeah. daytime and your favorite shows aren't on is you're playing 2K, you're playing Madden, you're playing NCAA football, you're playing Halo, Call of Duty. Like, it's there's a lot of, it's a lot more things competing for your attention than there were when you were growing up in the uh, medieval The only times. time that I watched the Wheel of Fortune was when I was going to Grandma's house. Yeah. And I don't say that disrespectfully. I, I, <laughs> that, was, like, that was what we did when I went to my Grandma's. It was like we knew we were getting a home-cooked meal, and Wheel of Fortune watch was the being watched. That's it. Well, we're going to watch the wheel. Same thing with my auntie house. Like That's when I would see most game shows at my auntie house. Oh, my God. I, I can't. I wasn't turning the TV on like, man, we're, I can't find Family Feud. This is a, I, I do that with Family Feud, but other than that, nothing. I else. mean, this is a hell of a social experiment because for me, it was usually like always. So if I was homesick, ten o'clock price is right. If you were home during the summer, I even if if you're not sick during the summer, you're always watching Price is Right. Uh, Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy came on back to back after the five o'clock news in Chicago on yeah. WLS Channel Seven, uh, and then. Uh, on on weekends, maybe you get a little concentration with Alex Trebek. Like game shows were a huge part of of my life. I I'm just curious because this seems to me to be a, a social experiment based on age. How old are you? And were you a game show watcher? Mm. How old are you? And were you a loyal game show watcher? Because it's starting to feel like I'm 39. Like, is it safe to say that under the age of 35, they stopped religiously watching game shows? 100%. And, like, and, Pat Sajak doesn't mean anything to you? Alex Trebek didn't mean anything to you? I, it didn't move Bob me. Barker, feel, I feel like you're not moved by Bob Barker's passing. Bob Barker with the Phantom White, because my price is right. I always thought Pat Sajak was oh. super boring as a child. Like, I just, you know, oh. I, I didn't know his history. I wasn't. So, are you guys old enough to ever think Vanna White was super hot? Uh, no, no. No. We we had uh, other people stepped into her role when we were kids. She also like. made a Lil Wayne bar as well. So, I mean, here's the thing, though. Here's like, what I. Vanna White was a sex symbol when I was a kid. Wow. Yeah, no, no. 
100% not. Never thought twice about it. I'm kind of selling myself short, Ken, going back to the 2000s game shows. I was a huge fan, borderline addicted to Cash Cab. Uh, but that's like that's like not a real game show. Howie, it's like reality TV. Howie in a Mandel car. and Deal or No Deal was big for me. That's what I'm going to be for Halloween. Markle. Deal or No Deal. That's how I'm going to be for, be for Halloween. But that was like a year. prime time game show. That's what's different. Right. Like, uh, well, once different. Who Wants to Be a Millionaire came, and then there was a trend of of prime time game shows. That's different than these daytime game shows that that really were a staple of the late seventies, the eighties, and the nineties. And that's the, your problem. I was born in 93. Stone was born in what? 98. 2000, oh, 90, 98. See, I did you like that? Wow. I did, I did them like that. But no, for real, though, I'm like. I'm really shook right we're now. We're also in the a la carte generation, right? We're in the on demand generation yeah. as, as we continue to progress. You know, so, so it's, it, again, there's so many other things competing for our attention. It's not like we just turn the TV on and we just soak up whatever is on. Because that's how you fell in love with those shows. It wasn't like you were seeking it out, it was just on the TV of the few channels that you would watch. Yeah. I can see you hating Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader with Jeff Foxworthy. Well, Jeff Foxworthy sucks. I can so see that's you. why I disliked it. <laughs> I, I I knew you'd go there. I just didn't know why or anything. But I, I get, loved You might be a redneck. Like, that's his whole bit. Jeff Foxworthy, yeah. objectively, one of the least funny big-name comedians of all time. What about Larry the Cable Guy? You might be. Oh, that's even worse. Well, I had a roommate. <laughs> when I went to college, I had a roommate who swore the first time I ever heard of Larry the Cable Guy and heard Larry the Cable Guy. Uh, was because of my college roommate who was from middle of nowhere, Indiana. And I, I, I would do that thing where I'm like, oh, man, that's so funny. But deep down, I'm like, this guy sucks. It's rough. It is rough. It's not relatable, at least. No. So, I mean, I guess it's relatable to some. I just... But again, that's not even like a real game show. That was just like a concocted made-for-TV primetime thing that they did on Fox. I like, sat down anytime Wipeout was on. That was another one. That doesn't count. No, that's just different. Like, I just, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just... And maybe this this is the proof that I'm old, that I'm of a different era. But I just I, I am stunned by your lack of uh, sympathy mm. for the part, passing of Bob Barker because he was a huge part of my childhood, huge, massive, massive part of my childhood. How old are you? And were you a loyal game show watcher? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. And it's so much so that like in the afternoons on Nickelodeon, you'd have global guts. You'd have Legends of the Hidden Temple. Mm. You'd have those game shows. And then, of course, Double Dare if you're of a certain age. So we just had very, very different upbringings. Very different upbringings. It, 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 it is shocking to hear how deep in these game shows that you and Stone both are because for me it just was not a thing at all. But what I will say is, like, when I'm watching one of them, do I get kind of hooked in? Yeah, like, I love a good Jeopardy, you know, showdown where I'm able to try to guess some stuff like – I can see Final why you guys... Final Jeopardy. There's no showdown. Final Jeopardy. Well, I'm, no, I'm... Price is Right is the showcase showdown. Okay, I'm not saying... Jeopardy is the name of the show, right? Yeah. All right, and they be showing down on there. I'm not saying that it's called the Jeopardy showdown. I'm just saying, like, they, they, they compete. I like a little comp- competition, a little trivia, all of that, just like the next guy. Yeah. This is a... This is a little showcase showdown. That's the showcase showdown right there where they're showing you, hey, you're going to win the camper? Yeah. Uh, what about the kitchen set? Uh, what about the vacuum? And what's the collective value of what they showed you in the showcase showdown? That's. And I'll say, ah, twenty. Give me twenty thousand one fifty nine. There you go. And then Ken gets it right. Right. And then I go celebrate. I hug Bob. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm a woman, I kiss him on the cheek. I go celebrate with Bob's beauties. Yes. I I caress the camper. 
Right. It's just I, I'm I'm not doubting it's a, it was a great experience. And then Bob tells me to spay and neuter my pets, and we say farewell until tomorrow. <laughs> right? Like, that's course. the Price is Right life right there. I just I can't relate. Trav says, I'm 49. I'm right there with you. I had the Price is Right. Also, I had game shows like Press Your Luck, No Whammies, No Whammies, No Whammies, Card Sharks, which really it taught a, a generation of gamblers and, and poker players how to play. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so I think we're just in a generational... Uh, stalemate. We yeah. are a little bit, but I, I have an appreciation for your passion for these game shows. I will say that. I'm sympathetic towards you, and I'm sorry for your loss with Thank Bob you. Bark. Thank you. I yes. guess that's all I was looking I for. I definitely think we can just blame video games at the end of the video day. Video games really hurt. It's not like I didn't play video games, but I grew up in a in a, a Nintendo world, like an Atari Nintendo world. Right, yeah. And then uh, I I was alive for the inception of Atari and the inception of Nintendo and the inception of Sega and uh, Super Nintendo and Nintendo 64 and all of those. Yeah. So so the GameCube. Yeah, GameCube, all that stuff. So I was very much uh, getting Nintendo at its apex game uh, video game yeah. consumer. So that's I, I just that 15 years that I had between you, Stone, and me, and then you, like, eight years, nine yeah. years, ten years, that's big significant difference. in the grand scheme of things. The world changes quick. It's a big difference in the technology era, baby. Every every three, four years, it's a whole new world. Like, we got phones in our pockets. Oh. Alexander Graham Bell, would he, he'd be blushing right now. Uh, this is good. Aaron messages in. The fact that Bob Barker died at 99 means he got as close to 100 without going over. Hey. Oh, that's poetic. That's you know great. What? It's the greatest Price is Right passing that could have possibly happened to the man who was the Price is Right. Well said, Aaron. Uh, When we come back, we had damn near 100 penalties in a high school football game, the biggest high school football game of the weekend in the area. And it has a school down south from Miami calling foul and accusing Vero Beach of some sketchy activities. John Santucci of the USA Today was there covering it. We'll spend a couple of minutes with him. but. We'll also make this part of our Dog Bleep Monday. Mm. What did you see, hear, or read that was abject dog bleep over the weekend in sports? Coach Sala, bring us in. Um, yeah, it was dog <laughs> What is your Dog Bleep Monday? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Social media at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. 760-3776. It's a dog blade Monday. He's Theodore C. WPTV News Channel 5, WFL, uh, w, what? WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. This is not... This is, this is not a lie that I am foisting upon you people. So, Saturday morning, I wake up, and I'm looking at the high school football scores from Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast. I usually do that just so I can kind of keep track of what's going on. I'm very much removed from that world as opposed to how it used to be, but I like to keep up with what's happening. And I see that Vero Beach beat Miami Northwestern 19-13. to and that's a great win mm. for Vero. Now, this is the same Vero team that had one of the longest winning streaks at home in the nation in high school football history as of a couple of years ago. So it's a great win, but also, man, it is tough to win at Vero. 
Mm. So congratulations to Lenny Jankowski and that whole group up there in Vero. I've called a lot of games up there, been to the Citrus Bowl, love that place. But then I see a tweet from John Santucci of USA Today who covered the game. Miami Northwestern was called for 32 penalties that totaled 243 yards. Four touchdowns were called back for Miami Northwestern. Vero also had a touchdown called back. They had 14 penalties for 115. If you're scoring at home, 32 plus 14, that's 46 penalties in a high school football game in a premier matchup between Miami Northwestern and Vero Beach. And that seems in a multitude of ways inherently wrong, not good. Certainly sort of puts a damper on the proceedings. And so I, 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 it's, it's my first entry into Dog Blake Monday here on Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Um, no, it's dog So full transparency, okay? I have a relationship with Lenny Jankowski. We've known each other for quite some time. Uh, and I, I don't want this coming off as me trying to ask questions of Vero or insinuate that something sketchy is going on. I just look at 46 penalties in any high school game, and I think that's nonsense. And I'm very pro-official. I think they get abused. I think they get treated unfairly. I don't think they get paid enough. But if you're the officiating crew, what are you doing throwing 46 flags in a high school football game, let alone a week one high school football game? Like, how is that helping anybody? How is that helping the kids uh, but if I was Miami Northwestern and I had four touchdowns taken off the board and I saw one of them, a video highlight of one of them where a kid's called for a block in the back and it, he literally just touches a Vero guy with three fingers and then the Vero player dives to try and make a tackle of a guy heading to the end. So that's not a block in the back. Mm. And you can see the, the, the flag come out clearly. I, I feel bad for the Miami Northwestern kids. Like, that's insane, too. Uh, but the man who is the authority in high school sports in the Treasure Coast, he is with USA Today, Treasure Coast News. It is John Santucci with us here for a couple of minutes on Ken Levick Alive. John, you've been doing this for a long, 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 long time. Have you ever seen anything like the Flag Fest on Friday night at the Citrus Bowl? Uh, for a full game, no. I was telling somebody I saw uh, Vero Beach one time. I covered one of their preseason games way back and i think they had first and goal from their own 30 once that was pretty interesting but uh i've never seen 46 flags and just to um just to make it very clear those were the accepted penalties jesus there were offsetting penalties there were things like that so there were more flags thrown um than just the 46 that got counted so no it was pretty interesting i I'm trying to figure out how to consume this because I don't want to lessen Vero's win here. It's a great accomplishment. It's a great win. And that's always a phenomenal environment there for high school football. At some point, though, don't you start to say to yourself, this is really ridiculous. And when you have four touchdowns taken off the board, if you're Miami Northwestern, I just don't know how you can't think, man, this is really, really, really weird. No, it's honestly really hard. I've had more time, I think, than anybody because I watched it, and I still am, I'm still not sure what to think about it. I honestly feel bad for Vero because, in some ways, I think some people are kind of saying that you know, oh, they you know they got uh, really favorable officiating. I don't know. I, I was there. You know, obviously, it's hard watching it in real time because you're not watching all eleven players right. on each side of the ball. You're watching the ball, 
But I could tell that some of those calls were absolutely legit. There were other calls, I thought, as there are in any game, that were missed, which is scary to think about. <laughs> um, so I, I feel bad for Vero because I feel like some people are saying, oh, they didn't deserve to win. I, I don't think that's the case. I feel really bad for Northwestern. That's a lot of flags. In fairness, I want to say four or five flags were thrown against their bench for mm-hmm. um, sideline violations, sideline warnings. At some point, you've got to step back, you know? Sure. So... Those things all kind of go together. Um, what I would think is kind of the bigger issue here is we have different um, officiating crews and almost different sets of rules. You know, we're going to call that, we're not going to call that in different areas. So if you're in Miami, I don't know if all those calls get called as they would in Vero Beach. And if Vero goes to, you know, um, Miami and plays that game next year, I think those calls don't get called by a crew in Miami. Right, right. So I think they just call a tighter game. Um, for whatever reason, but uh, that's a that's a ton of flags, and I felt bad honestly for the players and the coaches because um, you you don't get any sense of momentum when you are going snap the ball, flag, yeah. talk about it, figure out where the ball is supposed to be, snap the ball. Fl- I mean, that was how that game went. John Santucci, USA Today, covered uh, the Vero Beach win over Miami Northwestern on Friday. Again, 46 accepted penalties in the game. Miami Northwestern racking up almost 350 uh, penalty yards and had four touchdowns taken off the board. Stone, uh, what do you what do you have for John? Yeah, John, it seemed like once every game ended on Friday night, because I know you do, and us here at ESPN West Palm cover hundreds of games, it, it seemed like once every game ended, there was one that was still going on, mm. and that was Vero Beach in mm. Miami Northwestern. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, tell me, never ending. Tell me, the wrong one, John. tell me a, a true or false here. I have only heard it reported, but the first quarter, somebody said that that lost that lasted forty five minutes. Is that like remotely accurate? Oh yeah, it was between forty five and fifty. I had a couple people actually oh. saying to me like, "This is the longest first quarter I've ever seen in my life." It, <laughs> it took a long time. That game, that game, there were there were games that started um, in the Panhandle in a different time zone that ended before the Vero Beach. Uh, Northwestern. There's just game. no so. reason for that. And, and and John, last last thing here. I am very much on the side of the officials in this state, and have been for quite some time. I've been vocal about it. Uh, obviously, there's pay issues there. There's treatment problems there. But when you have a game like this, where that refereeing crew, that officiating crew, makes itself the 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 main base of the story. Shouldn't they have to answer for that? Should there be someone from the referee, the officials association that that talks with you or someone in the media to explain themselves? It only to me, it only seems fair because I that that's excessive. That whole thing is excessive. This is my issue. And there was a bigger discussion, obviously, when I'm going to say this. But I've always been questioning the amount of oversight that there is in these situations from a state level. And, and to give you a different perspective, a different uh, scenario, there was a coach a couple of years ago on the Treasure Coast who got ejected from a game. That's an automatic suspension, some other things. And within three days, the FHSA overturned the, the, uh, the suspension. And so I called the FHSA and I said, is there any recourse for the umpire or for the official that mm-hmm. kicked him out? Because you're saying that that was egregious if you're, you know, he's not even suspended. Right. And that, that conversation ended very quickly. Um, so... Uh, I, I just don't know, and that's that's the reality. I don't know that you know when you have forty six penalties called or whatever. There's and there was a Northwestern player ejected that looked like the right call based on what happened. Tyler Aronson getting hit in the head on the ground three yards deep in the end zone. 
Um, but, you know, is there oversight? I, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if the state steps in and says, hey, we're not happy with that, or, you know, can you guys just walk us through, you know, kind of how we got to 46? I don't know the answer. John, I really appreciate you coming on, uh, after, especially after witnessing a near our first quarter oh. on, on Friday night. I can't even imagine how uh, deeply incensed I would be deep down uh, watching that. So, uh, again, appreciate the time. Uh, hopefully you can get something in sub three hours maybe this coming weekend. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate uh, you. That is John Santucci, USA Today, uh, with us here on Ken Levicka Live. I just, like, at some point, what do, you, what do you say? This is this is not beneficial for the kids. Yeah. This is not beneficial for the coaches. This is not beneficial for the coaching staff. And if you're Miami Northwestern, you made that damn trip Ooh. all the way up to play at Vero yeah. to have 346 penalty yards assessed against you and have four touchdowns taken off the board. Like it's just a waste of everybody's time. That whole thing is a waste of time at that point. You might as well have just stayed down there and played someone in Dade. And the lack of uniformity with officiating crews, like that's not helping grow the game. That's not helping teach the game, which is the whole damn point of high school football. Well, the other problem is there's a referee shortage, not just in Florida, but across America, and specifically here in South Florida, which is why we have so many Thursday games now, and they start to look at Saturday games as well, because you need crews to fill those games, to have the games to go. On top of the referee shortage, there's also just a lot of turnover. So I would, I would love to know if that crew that did referee that game, that might have been their first time refereeing together as a crew. It might have been a couple first-time referees on the sidelines there. I mean, I know, and, and that's, the, that's the problem with it is, honestly, it won't be the last because they need referees. But this is the crappy part is that I want the referees to be treated well, and parents are terrible. Yeah. when it comes to how they treat referees. I mean, there are horrific parents out there, and if you're one of them and you're hearing me say that and you're getting mad, chances are you are one of those terrible parents. Look okay? Um, uh, but, but this is the kind of thing that is inexcusable. Uh, it's not helping. It's not helping the cause of having officials uh, treated better and, and the shortage of officials uh, become less of a problem because – that's that's unacceptable. There's no reason for that. And if I'm Miami, Miami Northwestern, this is no disrespect for Vero, I would absolutely think the fix was in in that spot. Oh, yeah. Me, I would absolutely go to that place because that's insane. Yeah, there's. Uh, I'm with you there. I, I'll co-sign on that. I, I think there are a few underrated storylines in a spot like this, too. The stop and start, having no rhythm offensively. Like, watching that game had to have been really hard oh. to do. Like, as a quarterback, especially at the high school level. Having to just stop and start and try to find some rhythm, try to string together a few completions, like that's impossible to do. That's not fun. I think that's one thing too. And then to speak further what, to, to what John had spoken about, how some of those calls aren't getting called down there in Broward and Dade, uh, opposed to them getting up here on the Treasure Coast, it speaks to what I think is an uncomfortable conversation to have, but just the different level of football. Like are these refs not having to deal with speed or kids getting handy or certain language being used? That's not normal up there in St. Lucie County, which, again, I think is head-scratching. It's weird. It's well, weird. Indian River I, County. Indian River County, I apologize. I, I, it's weird. The fact that they're playing two totally different styles of football, I think that's something that usually is the quiet part, but with all the penalties and how this game goes, I think now it can be brought to the light here. This is something weird. More Dog Bleed Monday when we come back. We'll get Theo's entry, Stone's entry, and maybe a couple of wild cards. 
Dog Bleep Monday, what are your submissions? The thing you saw, heard, read in sports that was absolute dog bleep over the weekend. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. He's Theodore, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Pump it up, don't you know? Pump it up. You've got to pump it up, don't you know? Pump it up. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Football season and Duffy Sports Grill synonymous. Theo knows all about that. Of course. I mean, I got a Duffy slider right here in front of me because we have... You do, like half eaten. We have Duffy's here in the office today because it's intern day, so we want the... Welcome them, in, welcome them in with the uh, best way possible. Welcome, that's, interns. That's with some Duffy's appetizers. Love the sliders. Uh, you know, football season and Duffy's go hand in hand. Also, fantasy football and Duffy's Sports Grill go hand in hand. A great fantasy football season starts with a great fantasy football draft party. And at Duffy's Sports Grill, you can enjoy private party spaces, over 80 TVs at every location. You got the free Wi-Fi, award-winning burgers and jumbo wings, and... I wouldn't advise this, but, you know, maybe after you draft your team, you can enjoy some of those two-for-one drinks. I want to make some sound decisions. Those okay. two-for-one drinks can catch up on you. That's good Good advisory yeah. behavior from you. Because I did a, a fantasy football draft over the weekend, and I might have had uh, a couple drinks. Got before cloudy? I, yeah, it got a yeah. little cloudy in my yeah. decision-making. So, yeah, <laughs> two-for-one drinks. Make that after you make your selections in the draft. Visit DuffysMVP.com to book your party and if you're drafting from your home turf, we still got you covered. Be the MVP of your draft party and order your party platters at Duffy'sMVP.com. Duffy's, our game is always on. This garbage drives me insane. This is the uh, Mike Casagrande of uh, Alabama.com. Oh, you took it. You beat me to it. That was my dog bleep. Go ahead. This oh, sorry. is insane. This, this is dog bleep. This is dog bleep. Yes, it is. Nick Saban says he's not releasing a depth chart this week before the matchup against Middle Tennessee State because it creates a distraction for the team. Quote, I apologize for that, he says at the news conference. That is so spineless and gutless and lazy. I'm sorry. Fans then, when the radio broadcast, the TV broadcast, isn't correctly identifying the players or who's on the field at any given time, that's not on them. And don't you troll them on social media. That's all on Coach Nick. That's on Nick Saban. Mm. If you're going to display that behavior, which at its core is paranoia, before Middle Tennessee State, I mean, that's not a good start to the season, Nick. Hold on. I hate that. Those some sleeping giants over there, those Blue Raiders. Let's not uh. Now, Alabama forget. is not going to fall into the trap Miami did. <laughs> the depth chart was the least of Miami's concerns against Middle Tennessee State. This is just nonsense. Yeah. It's so the paranoia of football coaches is so annoying. There's nobody more paranoid in the world. Then football coaches. Yeah, they play the main character card. I think he's trying Ugh. to hide. I think he's trying to hide Jalen Milrow in any yeah. way, shape, or form right now, or what they're doing offensively. Yeah, this one's crap. Crap. It, crap. It's such a disservice to the broadcasters, the people who are in charge of bringing information to the fans during the game, too. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. It's just disrespectful when a coach does that. And Nick Saban, that is abject disrespectful behavior. I despise that. And I would say the same thing if Tom Herman did it at FAU. I hate that. Mm. Hate that. Mm. Uh, let's go to Anthony in West Palm who has some thoughts on Vero Beach football. What's up, Anth? What's going on, brother? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm um, good. I actually disagree with the depth chart issue. Um, as a coach myself, what's, tep- what's happening in the college ranks is coaches are actually like releasing the depth chart. And believe it or not, social media goes crazy. Now your defensive backs, 
hometown is like, oh, why are they not playing you? Why are they playing you? Yada, 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 where before no one cared. You couldn't reach out to the players, but it is becoming the thing when 25,000 people tweet at Alabama because their third string defensive back isn't playing because his hometown here's doesn't my, like it. Here's it my argument to that, Anthony. All these coaches talking about keeping it insulated and and limiting the outside noise. So so right. that's okay in 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 theory to put out there that that's your practice. But as soon as somebody tweets at your official account, oh, why is this so and so not playing as the third corner? Then you're going to shut it down and you're going to completely mm-hmm. disrupt the whole Saturday ecosystem. I don't love that. I hear it, but I don't agree. Like I said, it's just it's 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 just how it happens with the uh, with fans. Now, I really call because of the Vero situation. I played here in Palm Beach County. I played at Palm Beach Lake from a proud Ram. I graduated two thousand seven. Okay. Um, and Vero has historically been a a a tough place to play. Um, notoriously notorious for hometown refing. It's regular. I mean, like I said, if we go down and listen to some of the games that have happened, some of the historic games. It always happens. There's actually a guy that sits on the visitor side that has an air horn that just blows it whenever he likes, whatever. But, again, no one talks about the unfairness that Vero receives. But, again, like you said, there's two different total types of football being played. Down south, they're playing different ways of football. And when you go to Vero, expect something to happen to kind of slow you down. So do you think that it's something that someone needs to look at? Since you played, you played oh. up there. Does does someone need to look at it and and say are things being done on the up and up here? I mean, it, you're going to run into the issue of like what's fair, who's fair. I think this. I think everyone should just watch more. So when it does happen and it is blatant, because mm-hmm. this isn't the first time. It happens every year. It happens every time a tough team goes to bureau. But again, we don't talk about it until it's the night, like it's this big. Again, there's a lot of teams that. If, if all bets are off, if you, if you didn't have to go to Vero, oh, man, <laughs> a lot of teams would beat them. Yeah. Mm. Interest. All right, and appreciate mm. the call, Anthony. Now, I do – I don't – does Vero – Vero plays a lot of home games, more home games than a typical school, right? Absolutely, yeah. Don't they give a percentage of gate or they there's a financial incentive for some of these teams to go play at Vero as opposed to hosting them? I can't say for sure, but it, what you're talking about, I think, is is, is – a thing. Yeah, uh, by tomorrow I'll sort of get some some insight on that. I mean, Stone, you played at Vero Beach. Is there something a little bit a little bit shaky about how they conduct themselves I there? Think, uh, I think there's something to the officials being used to a certain style of football that obviously Miami Northwestern brings a different approach to the game. Like I don't know style. enough about it. I don't know about the bullhorn guy or the 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 whatever guy on the I know, visitor sideline. I know they have their own broadcast crew. Well, I know, I know that. All these, so so there's there's the all these sort of things. There's a lot of Euro. Uh, a lot of pro Vero Beach at their their stadium. I guess that's saying nothing wise, but yeah. I, I just I don't want to disparage Vero Beach. I don't know enough about it. I know that Anthony's not the first former high school player that said to me, "Oh, it's it's uh, it's not fair up there." Mm. But I don't necessarily know what's not fair. I don't know enough about the officials. We can get into tomorrow. I'll find out. I'll figure out that that Vero away team thing as well. That's Theo. That's Stone. I'm Ken. Bye bye.